kids are sad sheets. I like to pee outdoors. You should follow me on Twitter. It's Jokes to Not duh like duh. that's It's duh like French. So it's Jokes to Carl. Follow me now. With my Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi. Every time you play that theme song, my Twitter feed blows up. Everyone is running to Jokes to Carl, the private Twitter account that hasn't been active in three years. <laughs> oh, that's the French duh. No, not the duh duh. It's the duh de Francais. <laughs> not the duh de Classic, classic theme song written by Carl. Carl's a... New Jersey uh, tri-state comedian, excuse me. Yeah, tri-state, yeah. I try. Yeah, and the state's been trying for years. I don't know what that means, but that sounds the funny. It's a joke. You can find Carl at carl.sucks. My name is Mike Spiegelmania Spiegelman. You can find me at the bottom of the barrel of the comedy scene here in San Francisco, where we are recording live, stream live, mutinyradio.fm. Our feed should be working. Hello. Yeah. So yeah. why don't you follow us on... Your favorite feed machines. And we're at the acronym. Remember this, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That is also our Twitter handle. That is also our fantastic, thriving YouTube channel where Carl has been syncing up. We watch a movie on YouTube. And then we, uh, you play the podcast over it. So we're all watching the movie together. Yeah. Carl, what's the movie today? Today we are watching a movie that was going to be in San Francisco because it's in the center of the world. It is Charlie Chan and the Curse of the Dragon Queen, Ooh, 1981. 1980 what? One. Wow. So this is what, the, the last theatrically released Charlie Chan movie? Uh, yes, it was. And there's like a big, long break in between Charlie Chan movies. So this is what you put in your search engine in YouTube, Charlie Chan and the Curse of the Dragon Queen, 1981. It'll pop up, okay. and the publisher we like is Thomas Theater. All right, sounds good. So why don't you guys go to that link, hit pause, make sure it's synced to zero, zero. We'll wait. We're done waiting. Uh, so we're going to start this out, and what better way to start out with, but with the other in yeah. li- flesh and bones, living yeah. spirit himself, the countdown king, the maestro of descending numerals, Mr. <laughs> Three, Two, One. Will you please give it up for Let's Get Ready to Brumba, Paul Brumba. It's ready to Brumba. All right, good guys. Good to hear you. Uh, you guys know the drill, especially if you've been here before, to put that finger over the little triangle and do it in three, two, one, go. And we're launched. Sink those lines. You know, since up. we have such a professional assisting us this way, I really think we should refer to it as the countdown segment. <laughs> oh, countdown it is, segment. It is well, a it's segment. a feature, you know. Tune into the show. Ooh, American Cinema. Segment. American Cinema just celebrated 30 years of being bankrupt. <laughs> American Cinema Productions presents a Jerry Sherlock production of. Did he just say. Oh, yeah, here goes the song. And this is Clive Donner, I, who I don't know. I know Richard Donner. Oh, you should know him. He's What's New, what's new Pussycat. 
I see. And he did the nude bomb. You know the nude bomb. Uh, the Maxwell Smart theatrically released movie from 1980. Of course I know the nude bomb. <laughs> and let me tell you, he is a brave director to name his movie Bomb. Oh, well, I mean, movies happen that way, you know. <laughs> it was 1980 and this is 1981, so he's fresh off the hit here. This Jerry Sherlock, the producer, he wrote the story, but uh, the screenwriters, one of them's alumni from um, National Lampoon. The writer? Uh-huh. All right. I'll His name it. is Axel. Gosh, where is it? His name is David off. Axelrod, who coincidentally is a, like a some sort of commentator on CNNs and NBCs. Huh. David Axelrod. So when I went to look him up, I was like, no way, it's that dude. So, it wasn't. Oh, all right. So it's not the political pundit commentator, David Axelrod, right. <laughs> as seen on uh, <laughs> Morning Joe. Right? Right, right, right. Let's talk about the campaign that's going to happen in 16 months. David Axelrod. Over and over and over and over. David Axelrod. Somebody about a sneezed. That's right. It was a big sneeze. It was a loud sneeze. How do you think what that's going to play? What minute are you on? I don't know. Two minutes and 10 seconds. She's just two like. 10? Yeah, 212. Where are you? I want you to tell me when you get to 340. Okay. Well, right. I'm behind. But all we're hearing right now is a very racist song that they're pretending Charlie Chan is singing, if you want to listen. Oh, now we're watching the, the past tense when the movie's in black and white and at a Batman okay. angle. This is the island of Hawaii, and there's this uh, Bernie, who's the grandfather here, has committed suicide, but he hasn't. He was murdered, of course, Charlie knows that. And we're about to catch. Red, uh, we're about to catch the criminal and arrest her. Arrest her, Andy Dickerson, who must be the curse of the... Oh, no, no, she just goes by the Dragon Lady. Her name's not Curse of the Dragon Lady. That's right. She doesn't have... Yeah. Oh, she, there it oh, is. We never, tell me when it's 3 minutes 40. Okay. Count, count I, have, I have the countdown king keeping keep track for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. That's so smart. Yeah, well, he's a country. I remember when they, they retired the We're shuttle. We're at 3.15. So okay, thank you. When they retired the shuttle, like, Paul was like, what am I going to do for a gig now? I know. He, well, he did a and lot of strip clubs. he got his job, yeah. He, had a, he fell down the barrel bin. Hey, I did a strip club, so don't laugh. Okay, 3.30, 3.31, 2, 3, off and 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 3.40. Thank you. Right. Black screen. Okay, are we all set? Can we watch this movie? Yeah. So, Charlie okay. Chan. So we found out that it was... Hey, San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco, and it's been colorized. And this must be the house from the game where Michael Douglas lived. Right. This gated community in San Francisco. It's, it's now, Daniel Steele's David house. Spade. This is David Spade's cameo. Really? Well, back when yep, he was doing he uh, Police Academy movies. <laughs> he did his own stunts. So where is that? That's a big-ass property in San Francisco. I know. It's Nick yeah. and Nora, Nora's house from the Thin Man movies. Is it's, it? It's Here the you game. see David up close. Oh, there's Roddy McDowell? Yeah. Oh, there's Don't David. get hit with the paper. Oh, he did. Right in his lap. That's the way we like it in San Francisco. Man. Now we Porched. read the headline, The Bizarre Killer Strikes Again. Oh, the San Francisco Ledger. I gotta oh, the Ledger. My, yeah. I gotta renew my subscription. I hear it's kind of dead. It's yeah. the Heath Ledger. Yeah. It's the Heath Ledger. That's <laughs> that's <not there. laughs> 
Yeah, they canceled that paper. Uh, yeah, well, the op-eds were really right-wing. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Not since the Deadpool 2 wheelchair scene. Has there ever been a wheelchair scene like this? Okay, so now we see Rodney McDowell's respect for Bernie, who died. Ashes. He's adding his own cigarette ashes to it. Oh, of course. Uh, well, that's what happens when you smoke and there happen to be a, a urn of ashes next to it. Eventually, you're going to ash into it. I mean, don't we all? Yeah. Also, isn't that just like a movie? There's an urn on a little pedestal that you know is going to get knocked over with apparently no <laughs> lid. Right. Well, there's going to be a follow-through for it, sure. It's so right. That's like a... It's, it, they're like prefacing that. They're like said it's the foreshadowing or whatever they call it. it basically, yeah, that shit's fallen at some point in time in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. This movie is so San Francisco, too. Don't you uh, hate it when you walk into the kitchen and you scared your maid so much she drops the batter? Oh, I like that maid. She's crazy. She's done a a few of them. Didn't she even do, um, like, um, the Agatha Christie ones? Probably. Yeah, that's Lee Grant, and she was a crazy person. And so while they were filming, they had an actress secretly standing by. So when she would go off the deep end, that actress would hop in. That actress, the back of her Sean head and stuff oh, I like that. Bet, because you could tell she's wacko. Just look at her. <laughs> she was in shampoo. Do you think? With, uh, with, with, uh, what, what, uh, what's Warren it? Warren Beatty, Beatty and uh, and it wasn't uh, Goldie Hawn. Goldie Hawn in that? Yeah. What a shitty movie. I remember seeing that at the drive-ins. Yeah. Well, there was a movie called Black Shampoo, which was the same yeah. movie. <laughs> I won't even know. <laughs> it's directed by Grayson Carter at the Joysticks. And Carl, if I could find that movie on YouTube, we'll oh be watching God. Black Shampoo for sure. Okay, Black Shampoo. University. Is that foreshadowing? No, it's it's the grandson is Lee Chan Jr. And he's related to, he's half Jewish, half Chinese. Uh, and he wants to be a detective like his grandfather. So I only go uck because Charlie Chan's number one son is not in this movie, right? Number one Mm-mm. son. What's the point? It was like his number one son in 40 of these movies. Isn't he the, the nice-looking kid, the tall kid in the suit? Yeah, right. He's uh, Luke, uh, what's the actor's name? Kane or something like that. But well, there were many of them. But he's but he an Asian guy, guy, though, right? He was an Asian guy, yeah. Right, he, he was legitimately Asian. Charlie Chan has never been played by an Asian. Not even this last one. In I know, Peter Houstonoff is like, <laughs> I can't believe you're... <laughs> Peter Houstonoff, doesn't he do Agatha Christie? He's like, doesn't he play that fat yeah, French guy? Yeah, he's always plays Well, no, he's like Poirot, Poirot. Oh, he's not French Poirot, he's Belgian, right? Fucking, once you... You know what I think it is? It was arson, and uh, the murderer was the maid. Am I right? But it was arson, right? You know what? I think it was no, Mr. Mustard in the library with right. the revolver. With the candlestick. It was some <laughs> kind of poison. And in this book, you'll guess what kind of poison it was. Oh, it was Helm. Oh, my God. Now, Grandma, she yeah. talks to dead Bernie. And that's like a really not funny. They want to, she's, Her name is Mrs. Dangers. Uh-huh. And she's ta- Mrs. Lipowitz. And she's talking to... Oh. oh, I'm sorry. I gave you incorrect information. Yeah, damn it. Uh, the crazy ra- lady was named Rachel Robert. Okay. She was the unstable person. She was she a was maid. not in shampoo. That was this woman, Lee Grant. Oh, so Lee Grant. Oh, uh, okay. Oh. I kind of remember her. And she was, she was in The was Heat of the so Night. Uh, she was in Valley of the Dolls. You've seen her around. I've seen both those movies. I, don't I get a medal? Where's my medal? Yes, you do. She Valley played, of the Dolls, you, it's kind of like a prerequisite to anyone that's... It's a writer, right? Valley of the Dolls is just a good, pulpy, uh, campy film. Yeah, yeah, and it's like the first... One of the first ones that was like that. 
Well, 67, yeah. Lots of uh, things were born then, including that. And I'm, I'm usually, so, I don't like, I'm usually no pulp kind of guy. But, you know, that's some, I that that's some thick pulp. That gets stuck in your teeth kind of pulp. <laughs> well, I'm not going to floss at work. I'm not drinking that. Sorry, folks out there. Ew, she kisses ass. I'm, she's such yeah, an ass kisser. Ash. Yeah, she what a ass kisser. God, the worst. Ashes, so ashes. we're hearing Michelle Viper's, Pfeiffer's voice being the wake-up call. This is your fiancé. Time to get up. So he has like, a I don't know. boombox program to his alarm clock. Oh, there yeah. she is. There's her headshot. What a coincidence. That's her true headshot, I'm sure. That wasn't... Well, in 81, Michelle Pfeiffer did, what, Grease 2 and maybe Delta House, the TV yeah. show? She was, oh, here's uh, a dumb joke. Oh, my God. She I thinks it might too. be poison, so she goes, let me taste it. Uh-huh. She freaks out, and you goes, what's wrong? And she goes, it was hot. I like when you tell that joke. I think that sounds a lot better. That you were just talking about Delta House, the TV show. That was the one that was supposed to be like the Animal House. It was the Animal House spinoff, right? Yeah. So that was the. I remember that. Was that actually done by National Lampoon? Well, it's produced by the same producers in the movie. So and it's available on YouTube. All thirteen episodes. I rewatched them recently, and they don't hold up. It's well, it's television of this highest order. It's from nineteen seventy nine, eighty one. So there's a long introduction, credit, opening credits, and. They try, you know. There's everyone's a relative of the original cast members, and they they try. So, if you were to take a time machine back to '79, you say yes. But if you're talking about now and today, well, uh, it's hard. To, it's hard to compare that. It's hard. To, it's today, apples and oranges. Today, not more than ever. Today, if you had a movie, why not have a three season TV show based on the movie? I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, Carl. I'm on my soapbox. Yeah. Stop making TV movies. All right, movies. Stop making TV shows based on movies. Dare I say? Yeah. Right? Okay. Because it shouldn't. They were. Be done. They approach. Um, CBS approached me like, "Do you want to do a full-length movie on? I, you know, it'd be a 30-minute sitcom." It's like, no, that's not going to work. No, I'm so glad you we're turned out CBS. I'm so glad you turned that down. No success yeah. for us. That's our motto. I stitched it. Remember when I mailed you that embroidery? And it says, "Failure is our dream." <laughs> yeah. And you learn from all your mistakes, and then you die. Right, and then you don't. Nothing gets redeemed. <laughs> the end. All I know is my my rise to mediocre mediocrity will be painful. <laughs> mediocrity. Yeah, I'm gonna get all the way to mediocrity. All the way. Okay, to the now middle. this is Lee Chan, and for some reason he's trying to like avoid his grandmother. It makes no sense in the plot of the film. Her, his Jewish he's, grandmother. Well, yeah. Oh, I see you. She's not very Jewish. Good morning, Grandpa. Well, you gotta say good morning. What an ass kisser, too. Whole family. Oh, she's really gonna food. eat all that food? That's like uh, two dozen bagels. <laughs> well, he's—it's just a stupid joke. He's trying to get him to stay, and like you're half Jewish, so here's your bagels. It doesn't make sense. She's the grandmother. She doesn't act very Jewish. Now, do you know who this actor is, of course? This is Apollo from Battlestar Galactica. Oh, he's on Starbucks? Oh, yeah. No, that was that cool one, but much cooler guy. No, I always think of Richard Hatch, pop culture one. That's him. Yeah, but there was yeah. another famous Richard Hatch. Oh. 
He was the first winner of TV Survivor. He was the guy who was naked on the show. Oh, okay. And then after he won a million dollars, it was revealed he'd never paid his taxes. And he went to jail. Hmm. So that's another Richard Hatch. Yeah. So there. Huh? So there. So millennials, when they watched their last TV show in the year 2000, that's the Richard Hatch they knew. Is he cutting he his cock? He's in Battlestar Sing Sing. Look, he's trying to get bagels and cocks. <laughs> That's oh. very good, Mike. <laughs> oh my God, I sympathize. This is turning me on right now. You're like this is, yeah, this is punch porn. This is, um, I don't know. It's just not funny. The nude bomb was hilarious. I don't know. Was the nude bomb hilarious? I saw the declare run in Montclair. Mm-hmm. And we talked about the the best scene, of course. What's the best scene in the nude bomb? Well, it's the cones of silence. Hey, okay, that one was very it's so funny. stupid. I always thought when he uh, had a desk that was also a car. Oh, yeah, that's right. Look, he cuts his tie by a ha-ha funny mistake. Well, that's a strong knife. He's just cutting himself. So they go to this bar, right, later in the movie, and Richard Hatch orders a Captain Apollo on the rocks. It's like a joke to Battlestar Galactica. Because his career was on the rocks. It it sort of was. Well, Richard Hatch... This is part of... The end. He, he used to pitch like we should do Battlestar Galactica again for decades before it actually happened. I don't know what his relationship mm-hmm. to the reboot was, but people know the reboot too. A great bad movie, and I highly recommend it, is Battlestar Galactica, the theatrically released movie, which was yeah. Uh, did you see they it? They were trying to do like Star Wars to TV, but they snuck it on us backwards. That's that's exactly right, and actually the Golden Turkey Awards named it best ripoff, uh-huh. uh, because it was just the TV pilot and another episode of Frankenstein together into a theatrically released movie, like that Spider-Man movie we saw, from the like 70s. the Spider-Man film we saw. Yeah, I actually seen the original theatrically released. We did it for Bad Movie Night at the Darkroom Theater. Mm-hmm. We, we riffed it, and it does change course. It's a ripoff on Star Wars. And then suddenly they're in a disco and they're talking about sea cap pirates or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, hey. <laughs> Here we have some comedic potential. Oh, yeah, when you light some guy's wheelchair on fire. <laughs> that was funny back then. Okay, now we have the chauffeur and notice the scars on his cheek. Okay, noted. Cheek scar. Scar cheek. You can call me Scarface. You don't have to call me oh. Scar cheek, right? I mean, you don't have to... <laughs> There goes, leaves the Nick and Nora mansion in San Francisco, the Daniel Steele house, the now you can see Michael it's San Douglas Francisco mansion. Because it's on an angle. Oh, right. And they're going down a hill. This must be Russian Hill. If This is, looks like Sutro Parks. There was a rich guy named Sutro. And uh-huh. not only did he uh, donate his land to San Francisco, he, uh, he created a uh, bathhouse to wash people oh. and then he created a ferry to take you to the bathhouse so you can go get uh-huh. cleaned up and uh, he donated his whole land at the end of his life so there's Sutro Parks the bathhouse itself burned down in the 70s It's but there's the remains of oh. it oh that's good Karma Sutra Karma Sutra that's good Karma Sutra Karma Sutra yes that's right but if you ever see the Nick and Nora if you're, are you familiar with the Thin Man movies there were seven yeah, of them sure. yeah so they lived in San Francisco, and they used Sutro's yep. house, I believe, because it looks exactly to when they drive up, and that's what his mansion looks like. 
So now we're having the comedic joke that she's just totally in love with him, and he's always trying to talk her out of marrying him. Oh. Well, this is more about, less about Charlie Tan and more about his grandkids. Did you ever watch the Hanna-Barbera cartoon, Charlie Chan and the Chan fan, clan? Uh, I think I wasn't interested in it, but you're right about that. I mean, when the movie stopped, I mean, this is the first major movie for Charlie Chan in 32 years. But in between, there was absolutely that cartoon. Yeah. And they were also going to make a television show. They made a pilot. And then the, the, the ABC just said, check this out. They said, we don't want anything ethnic at all. And they just canceled it before it came out. Well, I mean, it's not that it's ethnic. It's that it's just offensive. Because it would be a white actor probably playing Charlie Chan. You know, so maybe they didn't want that. There were eight major Charlie Chans, and they were all, none of them were Asian. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen the one where he goes to San Francisco and he goes to the World's Fair, and that's kind of cool. I never understood that. I mean, do you think the World's Fair? No, I know. And I go, when I buy the ticket, and it says no refunds. I go, God, World's, <laughs> that's world's fair. fair? That's not fair. I went there, and they showed a machine that washed and dried your clothing. I said, maybe in the future, right? Yeah, right. Gives me Someday. something to look forward to. I was so excited. I went to my paper journal, and I wrote down, look, San Francisco, Hotel San Francisco. Yeah. I wonder He's if this is market trolley. This is market. And he says, I'm low on money. Can you loan me a dollar? Look how many newspaper stands. That must be the ledger, San Francisco ledger newspaper stand. Garbage can looks the same. Oh, there we go. I'm just going to hop on the cable car. My chauffeur drops me off right in front of the cable car right there. <laughs> and the tourists move aside. They know. Look at that. San Francisco. Right yeah. below me. There you see the bridge. They chose the right trolley. Look at all the buildings. Even though they keep tearing down buildings and turning up condominiums, there are some iconic buildings. Oh, here we are in Chinatown. There's my cameo. You're the guy cleaning the uh, light bulb yeah. of the, yeah. <laughs> the gas lamp. The- Right, the, the director only got my butt, and it was hard to light it because I was casting a shadow. Yeah, this is what Richard Donner does, these, or Richard Lester. Okay, now we're about to have some very, very not funny slapstick. Well, because you set it up. There's a guy on a the ladder. There's a guy with the selling stuff yeah. outside. And, of course, Yawning. Apollo will be oblivious to right. what he's done. Yeah, but to be fair, you can't turn around. Right, he didn't hear any noises. Yeah, I mean, you did see that you just splashed ice cold water. Oh, look at this at a stand. And this was, this is a La, set. la, la. He's whistling. Oh, I've tripped. This is the first time they have a story where they realize maybe putting the shit on the table is not a good idea. Oh, there, Carl, you okay? Oh, <laughs> you yeah. saw me. They chose me for that scene because I really launched the other guy. This guy is, the force of the water of the fire hydrant is so strong, it's pushing the yeah. guy's ass up in the air. Like, that's it. I bet there's like <laughs> I, wires. I thought they on only it. had bidets in Europe. Oh, that really cleans your balls. Your taint ain't there anymore after that bidet wash. Well, I he's okay. Use a bidet in America because it's not taint. Wait, oh, it's painted. I never used a bidet again because it's painted for me. Wait, are those wait, ducks? Wait. Uh, those are chickens and people are trying to steal them. Right. Watch, it's Mahjong. Oops. Oh, no. I love Mahjong. I'm still trying to learn that game. 
we saw a great Mahjong film. It was the wrong film by mistake. And but it, it was, was still so excellent. Funny. Yeah, I like that Yeah, movie a lot. really good. I do apologize for being a jerk about that. But it was good. It was fun. Yeah. Here's his office. Oh, yeah. Pays rent. It's $400 a month. 1981 money. He pulled the door right off the... It, the phone is ringing, and he's, and he's rushing to get it. And the comedic point, of course, will be as soon as he gets it, they hung up. Would this be funnier if he was Maxwell Smart? This is Don Adams doing this. <laughs> It'd be funny if David Axelrod didn't write the script. Oh, David Axelrod, what do you think of the campaign? Well, nah. <laughs> he scratched his nose at a committee, so what do you think the scratch the nose means? Well, God, I always... The guy t- used to write for National Lampoon, you would think... Well, he's in Hollywood, and he's doing a Charlie Chan movie. I'm sure he wrote something very funny, but this is like, of course, of this Pink Panther was out around 81, where they had Ted Wass play like a bumbling detective trying to find Professor uh, Inspector Clouseau, and Inspector Clouseau yeah. and seen in outtakes from the Ooh, other man, movies. Who was out at this time, too. Yeah, that's right. And Peter Peter Sellers did a movie where he was like Legend of Zenda or something like that, where he Prisoner of Zenda. That he, strikes the. I never saw it. That. But that he was like the right. Asian villain, like, and he was uh-huh. all he was all makeup up. Yeah, it wasn't funny. I did see it actually. That wasn't funny, and Mike Myers playing the Indian sex guru wasn't funny yeah that's rough people go Love too guru. far oh so this is a area this is that used to be a uh, mcdonald's at one point oh not anymore it's the acupuncturist get to the point doc uh, <laughs> ow. ow doctor would you get to the point ow hey carl glad to see you're back me too. Well, that was actually not me. That was a a, a, a representation of me. It was m- a milk of pearl, I think. Oh. Are we the twins in the back? We're here to play for the audition for the role of the twins in the back. You get their joke? Yeah, they're acupuncturists they're playing and they're playing darts on a spine, a picture of a spine. They keep hitting the spine. Ew. Yeah, it happens. Is he dead, or does he just have diabetes? No, he just has electric uh, needles, and it's an experiment. But here's somebody who's dead. Oh, yeah, he keeps it dead. It's another bizarre killing. Oh, death by acupuncture. I'll have one of those. Okay, so now we meet the police chief. Look at that hair. Oh, Carl, that hair is wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, look at that. That's like Chia can't even do that kind of fro. <laughs> if I was in front of him, I'd be like, check one, two, check. Listen, I'm going to just walk in the movie with my fucking Jew fro, okay? <laughs> Helmet hair, you got that? My waspy little counterpart? These curls rock. Look, all right, so there's like a yellow. Look at that guy's other. Oh, look at that Molly Ringwald hair the woman has. Yeah, they're all like helmet hair, but fucking Jew fro rocks it. It's tight knits. That's like just Except for Brian a... Keith himself, right? He's got a pretty... Yeah, he's, uh, he's got a classic old guy, white hair, askew look. You know, that's the classic look. So the comedic point here is he's super frustrated because he can't get the, the 
bizarre killer and the mayor's breathing down my back and the commissioner's on my the tape. The commission's and, you know, on my ass and the mayor's on my balls. You better take this seriously, Laundry Basket. <laughs> laundry Basket Spiegelman, we never pitched it for American Got Talent, but we do have a, a pilot, Laundry Basket of Justice. You guys are getting back together? I would doubt that. Really? Well, we did. We he actually, was so pissed off. We got back together two months ago. We performed mm. Kavika's Ocean Beach Deli, where there's a show next week, Carl. You guys haven't been out for so long. Listen, how does he feel about Tide Pods? Well, first off, I, I was in a comedy duo called Laundry Basket and Spiegelman, and I did play a straight man to a laundry basket. Second of all, I'm not Laundry Basket, so you might have to ask Laundry Basket questions about Laundry Basket. <laughs> I can never... You understand everything he says. I can never hear him. Yeah, that's right. He's silent. Well, enough about laundry basket. Listen, I'm going to jump off that bridge behind those guys. I hate I that I went up color. to laundry basket and I was like, are you Penn or Teller? Uh-huh. He gave me such a look. You know, did like, guess. He, did he say anything? No. Interesting. No. So they're out by Ocean Beach, I think. Uh-oh, I see wires and he's jumping. Now here is Charlie delivered by helicopter to help the San Francisco Police Department. Right. And the thing is, the guy who originally wrote four people, five people, seven. What? There's a twelve people found to appear. Oh yeah, I'm just glossing over some of this yeah. not funny. No, go ahead, go ahead, tell me. Because they're just not funny. But this guy Earl Biggers, um, who's uncredited, by the way, as the off as the uh, creator. Uh, there were two. Detectives of Chinese descent working for the San Francisco Police Department, and that inspired him to write uh, the first novel called The House Without a Key, 1925. People loved it. He got a series of novels out of it. Next thing you know, 1926, movie. Wow, that's fast. And that's uh, movies were, were in uh, talkies by 26. Uh, I don't re- I don't remember. I don't know. Uh, I was very little. Yeah, you were only like one years old back then, so that's right. kind of unfair to ask you about 1926. I never went to a silent film I bet uh, as a child. Well, I always find it remarkable like when they do movies based on books, and it's like movies are still a new medium as well. And so it's like, uh-huh. you know, you read books, and now it's moving pictures. Whoa, yeah, I've wait. seen... Yeah. Uh, like, uh, but it, then it used to be like the movie Jaws would come out. Now you have to read the book. The movie Star Wars would come out. Now you have to read the book. It got reversed. Well, it's just niche markets. If you read Fifty Shades of Grey, then you're going to go see all three movies. I like niche markets. I didn't like when he said God was dead. Oh, yeah. But I like niche. Well, I like that market where it's like eggs and... Oh, I'm thinking of quiche market. I'm so sorry. So look at this. They cut right in front of the cable car. Not cool, guys. Yeah, and the cable cable car didn't even swerve. Well, it must be a stuntman cable car driver. Yeah. Yeah. Look, they're going right into their office. So they must have done it. Yeah. (laughs) What track by? That direction. Okay, so Grandma is meeting uh, Charlie... uh, Everybody... At the hotel. She has a feud with Charlie Chan because Charlie figured out her, you know, husband's killer, that it wasn't suicide, it was murder, and that uh, Dragon Queen did it. And for some reason, she still doesn't like him because she doesn't want the son to follow in her footsteps. 
All right. His footsteps. That's a lot to digest. They should uh, make a movie about that. Just... We're missing all sorts of racist bullshit. Oh, let's listen. He, Peter Ustinov says terrible. They must learn for himself. Oh, really? Grandpa, the household staff is all here, too. They all wanted to see you. Oh, how generous of you to invite them. Well, I didn't invite them. They just got in the car. Chief, why don't you... All right. Well, he's not doing it right now, but he'll say stuff like, uh, Oh, the worst. Really insulting stuff. I saw that in the crossword puzzle answer, four letters. Oh, that's And it said, Mr. it said Mr. Chan's uh, expression. And I'm like, even that sounds so generic. It's, it's you know, like a whole generation that doesn't even know the reference to begin with. Now you're just kind of, I don't know, it was bad. That was a reason. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. You know, I know why they picked Charlie Chan's thing, because it was a clue. Get it? <laughs> Well, you know, okay. what do you think about the whole Confucius say crap? <laughs> plot point, plot point. Oh, shit. She just got spilled on by a waiter, and now she's all wet. Okay, plot point's over. Oh, phew. So what do you think about the whole Confucius say? You know, like, you ever hear that Presley song where it goes, wise man say, only fools rush <laughs> <Yeah>. it? <laughs> First off, well, they always do Confucius say, and then some silly Asian slant. Excuse puns, me, I'm so just sorry. Some puns. Slur. It's, and it's not really funny to me because Confucius was not about that at all. He wasn't a wise man. Confucius was a philosopher, but his whole thing was know your place in society and do the best job you can at your little station, and then the whole world works. Right. And if you're going to say a sentence regarding one of his uh, sayings, you would probably say, Confucius says... <laughs> You don't have to be that fucking racist that some guy's trying to speak a second language. <laughs> There's not racist Confucius say. Confucius say, man with itchy butt, wake up with smelly finger. Yeah, but Confucius says, man with itchy butt, will wake up with a, with a... You know what I mean? Like, it's racist. They're, oh, man with... Oh, to say it with the accent. Well, to say, yeah, say instead of says... And so when like, Oh, that's right. I didn't even think of that. So when wise men say in that Presley song, right... He's he's saying Confucius. He's he's playing off the Confucius say. He is not. Yes, he is. What wise man is he talking about? Jesus Christ. Well, a wise man once said. Confucius that's a very once common says, thing. He's talking about Confucius. Fools, I don't think you're right about fools that. Fools rush in is Shakespeare, isn't it? I have no. Y- clue. You know how I? What what was about Shakespeare? Fools rush in. Is it? I think so. It might be like Romeo and Juliet. Or your favorite play, Homeo and Juliet. <laughs> you know, um, uh, um, I play that little stupid guitar, you know, and one of the jokes I do is wise men say only fools, you know, I sing that whole thing, and I only fools scratch their infected poison ivy arms. And then I freak out, but I can't help it, I can't help it. That's great. Okay, now we're learning how we solved the case because of a fork was in a weird place. Like, he says, like, the killer knew when Rigamortis uh, set in, it would squeeze the trigger. And this fork lands in the cop. And so, Char- oh, see? see? And so uh, Charlie knows it was. Ricocheted off the dead man's Yeah, thing. I guess. Ooh, that's no a very blood. clean shot. Yeah. They always have to dramatize putting guys putting guns to their heads. You know, it's like I have enough in my life. I don't have to watch right. that. 
Oh, look at that. I'm going to make it look like a suicide. And so this is what he's saying back in the back in the uh, introduction. No yeah. way, Falk, ever get in peak. Who was first on scene? I was. Everyone heard the shot. You're not chat. listening. And so, it, okay, we're just going to find out that the Dragon Queen did it. And then the Dragon Queen, queen puts a curse on Charlie Chan's family and three descendants. You will marry a Jew. <laughs> you and Jew equals honeymoon for two. I thought two plus two was four, but... Two plus two uh, equals four Jews. <laughs> no, two Jews. I know a guy, he... My friend Ross, he's so Jewish. We went salmon fishing, he caught locks. Locks and locks of salmon. Yeah, that's pretty Jewish. The locks were all rusty. They had been under the water for years. No one had a key. Yeah, why would you eat locks from the water? So now we're going to be back in San Francisco, and the story's over, and that's how he solved the case. Oh, because the there, was a fork. Be all there was a yeah. fork in the teacup, and that's how I solved the case. Now look, number one son is going to marry the daughter... Of uh, Mrs. of Lee Grant, and oh, that's how, and that's the connection to this story. That's so, the the Dragon Lady is part of Charlie Chan's family in a way, and that's why Lee Grant uh, Chan here got born. Oh, so he can stumble through the movie like he's in Curse of the Pink Panther. By the way, the. The internet made a big deal of the fact that this was sh shot glossy, which was popular at the time. Uh, glossy sheen. I don't know. Is that important to us? Well, it does have a very 80s look to it, like a very early 80s. Because uh -huh. like, movies in the 70s kind of seemed messy. And then the 80s like, kind of course corrected it by having very like Miami Vice type shots that are pristine and shit like that. It sheens that way to me. It, it seems that way to you, but this one is like it's it is very articulate. Whoa! Now that's not from the shining. It's just water. Whoa! But there was stunt bodies in there waiting for the elevator. Do you think they were like fake bodies or mm -hmm. how did they do this stunt? It's so insane. They had sixteen people in an elevator filled with water. They had and it mannequins. was airtight. It was watertight. They had mannequins, they open it, and then they cut a scene where they splashed a lot of water in a hotel lobby as people rolled out of it. I'm intrigued. Now, I'm intrigued. He, he touches her boob with the stethoscope, and she's like, hey! Office hours, please. So, the bizarre killer has struck again. Uh-huh, by flooding an elevator full of people? Full, yeah, flood, killing... Right outside of where Master Detective Charlie Chan is, <laughs> and then uh, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Dangers is like, "My son is all wet. Get a towel." And Charlie Chan is like, "Towel, please." <laughs> In the elevator before. Leak in elevator. Wait, I keep I saying Mrs. Dangers. I'm sorry, I keep mixing yeah. it up. Dangers is her last name. Lee Grant is playing uh -huh. Mrs. Lupowitz. Lepowitz, right? You said that before. I get Lepowitz and Danger mixed up all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. 
Oh, this towel, you use it to mute the movie. I think the writers <laughs> use that towel yeah, to right. keep the pot smoke <laughs> out of their wet. hotel room. <laughs> Good one. Um, Lee Grant was on an episode of Mission Impossible. She was in an episode of Columbo. She was, uh, I already listed her movies, including Shampoo. Yeah. She wouldn't, she got into some sort of controversy in which her husband did some sort of awful thing and it stigmatized her and she couldn't get work. Uh, and then she came back um, in the 80s, and this is one of her OK, I'm Back films. Interesting. I did not know that about Lee Grant. Well, the thing is, it was sort of like uh, the guy was a plagiarist or something. I don't know what the story was, but uh, but she's back. Welcome. Nothing wrong with being a plagiarist, don't you agree? <laughs> I wish someone would uh, tell me something funny, because I am having a uh, joke stealer's block. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's been months. I hope there's some good open micers here tonight. Cause... Do you ever say that? I've never said that, but I wrote it down to say one day. Have you ever been at a show where there's a comedian on stage and somebody in the audience is taking notes? And then the comic's <laughs> like, hey, buddy, what are you doing? Someone hey. in the audience is taking notes? Yeah. And they... Okay, so... I've been in a situation in which the comedian says a premise and I think something funny of it and I write it down and I'm scared he's going to think I'm writing his joke. When did you, the argument would go, the fact that you thought of a tag for his joke and then you said that's <laughs> no, a No, it's not a tag. <laughs> Someone introduces a premise, like my proctologist. I mean, how many proctologist jokes have you heard? Never. Right? I've never been to a single improv <laughs> show in my life. <laughs> Oh, all right. So a man goes to a proctologist, and the doctor says, uh, glad to see you're back, aside. <laughs> and there we go. Old Chinatown, there's the Grant Street. Look at that. It still looks the same. Now, so, look how fake this is. They're obviously not really driving. And that's probably not Peter Usinoff wearing that white hat in that shot. <laughs> it's probably standing. Yeah, in this look. film, she's pretty and dumb, and she's just, everything is great, and rose-colored glasses, and she just wants to love her man. Right. And Charlie Chan's dressed like a badass, like fucking driving around San Francisco like that. Now, I think you, in many Asian cultures, you wear white at a funeral, so... Oh, so it's bad luck? I, well, I mean, I, I, I know Kentucky Fried Chicken culture that's to sell chicken. Mm-hmm. What? He looks like Colonel okay, Sanders. So now we catch Captain Apollo pretending he's his grandfather. It's embarrassing for him. Yeah, it is. Just because his cock's out. Put, put it back. Tuck it back in. He looks ridiculous. But Michelle Pfeiffer isn't embarrassed by it at all. She's like, he wants to be just like you. Well, that's embarrassing, too. It's just so not funny. That's the thing. So how long, so Charlie Chan is like, he has a history, like at this point of his life, he's been sleuthing since the 40s, and, or is this like a fresh adventure? No, uh, he's known as the famous, famous detective. San Francisco police called him in. As a matter of fact, in the end of the film, we'll be at a Charlie Chan movie uh, marathon. <laughs> oh, so the movies in this universe count as movies in their universe? So this is there are life. movies about Charlie Chan in this 
in San Francisco. I don't know. There's a theater with his old film. Okay, so this woman is like you. This girl is like you. Didn't find my cat. You said, "What kind of a detective are you?" Find my cat. And now she beats up Richard Hatch. Oh, Pussy Riot. Because of the cat. So now he says to his fiance and his, his uh, grandfather, uh-huh. like, okay, you found me out. I'm not a very successful detective. I don't have business. I can't even find a little girl's cat. It's not easy to find a cat, you know? You have to go uh, block by block. say here, kitty, kitty? Yeah, or like what? You have to remember the names. So let's say her cat's name was uh, Posse. Pussy Posse. <laughs> That's how I got the name. Let me think of something else. <laughs> Uh, there was this great movie about um, a folk singer, and it was by the Cohen brothers or something, and he loses this, this friend's cat. And so he looks all over the city and finds the cat, and then it's like the wrong gender. <laughs> Did you see that? It was like I inside Llewellyn. The name. Inside Llewellyn, I don't know. Uh, uh, I think you got it. Yeah, it was a really funny movie. Funny? No, it was tragic. I laughed really hard, especially at his expense. <laughs> There's this one scene towards the way end, which Bob Dylan is on the stage. The guy, I mean, he doesn't know he wants to be Bob Dylan, but he's, like, there were many folk singers who were failed. Nobody knew they were watching the one who was going to make it. it well, that's, good. that's the only kind of folk singer I listen to are the bitter ones. <laughs> the bitter folk singers are one of the best. <laughs> this is just like bitter. I mean, there's been comedians who like uh, do like the bitter comedian bit on stage, and it's great. Mm-hmm. So the folk singers should take heed. She's singing to the the urn. Yes, they're like dancing. She's like having a romantic dance. Cheek to with ash. her husband. <laughs> It's just not mentally healthy, in my opinion, but okay. Yeah, I mean, this is something that I would actually be calling for uh, help in the theater. In this family, it's I'm watching this movie. Why, why Rodney McDowell is in this movie? It's, it's Yeah, like bitter and angry and hates everybody. And Is he the killer? Um, he is the butler. He's the butler? <laughs> yeah. Should I reveal? Uh, should I spoil No, it? I don't know. I, you know, I should have watched this movie. I did watch the first half hour of it. Oh, the first half hour? So you don't know who the killer is? No, I don't. I don't even, you know what? I don't even know what the plot is at this point. <laughs> and like the killer, why the killer is connected with Charlie Chan. Well, okay. The plot is going on that there is the bizarre killer and he's been called in to help. And, that that's it'll be revealed. That's so, what's going on. So why did the bizarre killer uh, stage a bizarre elevator flood on the same floor that the that Chan was there? Maybe he knows. Maybe he knows Chan. Okay. Well, because otherwise it's a big fucking coincidence. Yeah. I can't take that shit. The killer just happened to kill next to where the investigator is. That is some lazy <laughs> writing there, Magnum P.I. I mean, it's just like... 
I'm looking for a killer. He just struck on the 17th yeah. floor. What? Yeah. We're on the 16th. What a fucking coincidence. <laughs> and it's, um, Charlie Chan is like, when things are obvious, look elsewhere. Oh, thanks for the... Okay, so now we're going to have the stupid check your watch joke. But Charlie's smarter than that. But I mean, even the maid poured, like, uh, water on her. <laughs> that was not uh, By funny. the way, it's, those pineapples are because they have a pineapple dynasty, and, and the mom's always like, you should do your dead grandfather's pineapple business instead of this silly detective crap. Oh, because they're Hawaiian uh, millionaires. And from Yeah, and we were at a mansion in Hawaii that really looked... Uh, well, because, you know, I just assume rich people had pie- uh, pineapples on the table when they mm-hmm. eat. You see a pineapple growing in the ground. It really looks like that pod in the alien. Uh-huh. I know. It's just when they start screaming at you. Yeah. Don't gawk down at that thing. Are you telling me you're a pineapple pod person? <laughs> I'm not telling you anything. <laughs> but try this ham pizza. It's great without pineapple. What? You eat it with that pineapple? I think of Spongebob when I think of pineapple. Oh, because he shaped uh, his house as a pineapple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess you know it because of Molly. Because I know Spongebob because of my kids. Oh, I know it because of the internet memes. That's probably where, where my daughter knows it. Grandma. Somebody tried to choke Grandma. And uh, the, the knot is tied on Grandma's neck. She can't breathe. All right, well, do something. Call nine nine scissors, nine one scissors. Oh, it's a Gordian knot. Gordian tied it. Do something, knot. <laughs> What's a? How's he die? Oh, I'm afraid not. Oh, she did it. Now they're just dragging her body around. No, she's alive. Yeah, but we're seeing comedic points right now. Oh, okay. Look, the butler's holding a piece of uh, string. Yeah, what yeah. is that? Oh, he's not. It was in the background. Now she's recounting her terrible right. tale of how a stranger came in and started choking. But I don't think anyone asked. Just volunteered that. Now watch what Charlie does. He finds a matchbook and uh-huh. then he sees Close himself in the mirror. Eye. Watch, watch, watch. <laughs> oh, yeah, checks his mustache. All right, here we go. Triple X movies. Yeah. So much better than X rated movies because they were triple X. So since he found the matchbox that said Club Shanghai, they're going down there to check it out. Now all the pimps are complimenting his. We're getting a double stereotype here. Look, a token white pimp. Right. Oh, they like his suit. They think it's a pimp suit. Right. There's the tattoo. He's actually getting a tattoo in this shot. A sailor. Well, that wasn't him. It was a sailor. Yeah, but do you think that's a fake tattoo in this shot or the actual tattoo? Oh, right, 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 right. Well, it's It's, a Hollywood movie. It's immortalized in a movie that's bound to be a success. People remember Los Angeles it. and San Francisco. Well, this could be shot in British Columbia right now. That could be a British Columbia tattoo. Oh, here's a go. 
Get ready for this. Let's hear the music. Get down. Get down. Here, have a seat. He orders the Captain Apollo on the rocks. It's a big funny joke. All right, let's hear it. Oh, I didn't order yet. Man, that sax player is just killing it in front of the robot. Oh, that's funny you say that, because he's going to be killed. With the saxophone player? Oh, yeah. Why would you kill the saxophone player? What kind of place is right. that? Right. San Francisco's all right. This if you guy. Like if you like saxophones. Yeah. New York's all right. If you like. If you're a homo. The germs. No, it wasn't the germs. That was fear. Every time the band was done, fear, he was always leaving. Oh, uh, leaving? Mm-hmm. Here you go. That, there's the line. Captain Apollo on the rocks. I get that. Well, yeah. Oh, nothing. I was going to tell an aside. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Tell the aside. No, every single show, I come up with one joke that I can use at the open mic, and I'm, I, the quote of this has been met with the World's Fair. You can really say that? about the World's Fair! When was the last World's Fair? It was like in Vancouver in 82, right? And it wasn't like... Was there one that well, There wasn't recent? one... Uh, yeah, oh, uh, Memphis World's Fair in 2007? See, the World's Fair was kind of like a time before TV, a time before the Internet. It's like, if you wanted to see what's the hippest, latest thing, right. you'd have to come on down to this gathering. Go to Chicago, book a room in the Murder Hotel, and then go to the World's I think Fair. It's to- I think it's totally embarrassing that when you go you know, to Kennedy or something, you, you're going through Queens and you see the old, rusty World's Fair stuff. Why can't they just take a little budget and make that place look like... Fair. You know, have a plaque to the historic event that occurred there. I mean, well, a lot of the the San Francisco World's Fair, they tore down a lot of it afterwards, and they kept up the Palace uh-huh. of Fine Arts, and that is even like pretty outrageous even today. I mean, it's pretty like a out there pond with a, a big domeish uh, auditorium, and mm-hmm. it has like a, a famous palisade outside there, like a little a giant Archie. Look, uh, someone's pouring water in the saxophonist's he is, electronic saxophone. Yeah, well, what's the problem with electronic saxophone? Oh my god, he's and he's still playing. I'm on fire. I'm being electrocuted. Now the dummy touches him. Ah! Give it up for Tommy Dragon and Queen. his electric guitar uh, saxophone. It's death? Dragon Queen's leaving. Why'd she kill the sax? Who the fuck is a saxophone player? It's bizarre. Is he the heir of the uh, pineapple uh, state? What's going on? No, not even close. He's just nobody. He's, He's just nobody. a bizarre killing. But he had an electric saxophone, and the dragon lady, who's white, by the way, dragon lady, electrocuted his, his electric saxophone? Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> All right, here's the deal. We're going to kill a guy, and uh, we'll kill him by his electric saxophone. Great, let's start and production. And roll him. And roll him. <laughs> you know, this thing would be better if you use special matte uh, production or whatever. Yeah, let's let's make it look extra nice. Okay, and electric uh, saxophone, electrocution <laughs> scene, and two, one, go. Okay, so 
Apollo was finally taking charge. And just as like every, nobody's leaving this uh, murder in this room, they turn out the lights. Oh, I, I thought that was just me. <laughs> and he loses path. He loses control of the room. Look, whoa! Everyone's gone. Nobody leaves this room. They didn't hear him. Maybe when the lights were out, and muted all sounds of people leaving. <laughs> all the feet shuffling. There you go, Town Town. Angie Dickinson, I should say, was famous for being that uh, pol- uh, detective lady, police lady. That police woman. What was oh, that police, police woman? Yeah, what was that police woman's TV show called? That was really her big thing. I mean, she was in lots of great films and everything, but it wasn't until that. Uh, that people knew her as a household name. But did she swing with uh, Frank Sinatra? I mean, was she part of the right really? back? Was she well, rat- that makes perfect sense. She was in Ocean's Eleven, 1960. Right, that's how I know her. Also, wasn't it was Anne Margaret who was on the Flintstones as Anne Margrock? I always get this. Right, right. <laughs> and she didn't say, it's Eleven, she was fine. She was Oh, yeah, I know. Well, they fired her afterwards, as she said. Well, so Angie Dickinson hasn't done much, but late, late. She was in Sabrina in 1995. She was in Pay It Forward in 2000. I don't see many credits from her that aren't, like, TV cameos since then. Huh. Well, look at that. Someone put a note. Yeah, Charlie Chan just said, observe note, uh, stabbed in back. If we don't get an actual pencil to write a ransom note, we will. Uh, Don's arcade. Did you see everyone? All the pimps are dressed like Charlie Chan now. He set a trend. He didn't even Wait, try is that, to. So that must be North Beach where the pimps are. Yeah, look <laughs> at that. So this is San Francisco. That was Murphy's camp, Maybe yeah. this is Mission District where all the pimps are. They shot this scene in San Francisco. This is the pimp district in 1981. <laughs> the pimp district, right. They dressed Michelle Pfeiffer up in white, too. They were like, pimp my bride. Pimp my bride. <laughs> they never used that title. You saw the comedic point there. He, like, slammed the door on poor poor Michelle. Well, okay, so the note said, come to Golden Gate Park. Yeah, the only park in San Francisco. And so they're there. Right. And well, there's no Robin Williams Hill. Right, this is before uh, Robin Williams Hill. Uh, this looks like maybe there's a waterfall, like a man-made waterfall around here. Well, I don't know. It could be any part, but I guess it is. Golden Gate Park. There you go. Mm-hmm. It's bigger there than Central go. Park. Did you know that? I mean, in this film, we're seeing Transamerica building. Get- okay, there's Dragon Queen. Wow, she just happened to be the same. Oh, no, she's probably following them. Well, she told them to come there. Low oh. dart. Huh. Tree with blow dart means Dragon Queen. <laughs> Did she intentionally miss? Oh, quick. Whoa! Push out. He's reading the ledger too. Everyone's reading a newspaper in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is like an exciting time. Like a motion picture, that's like taking three newspapers and throwing it in front of your face. Now we will have a very unfunny chase sequence to Golden Gate Park on uh, horse and carriages 
This is a horseless carriage with a horse, which they used to just call no, it's horse. A, it's a horsed carriage. Horse carriage. You can barely hear the tiny horse up front. You know why, right? Because he's a little so horse. So the model that Angie Dickinson is running with there is pretty good. It has two horsepower. <laughs> right there above the uh, hood. I said that, the, do you know why you can't hear that little p the pony? Now we're little... having hilarity. Carl, you know why you couldn't hear that? You know why you couldn't hear that pony? Because he was a little horse. <laughs> All right, man, look at these horses go. The San Francisco uh, equestrian uh, fields, I guess. They, so they... everyone sat down for the interviews. You know how you do that for a yeah, movie? Yeah, sure. And uh, the horses did not talk. Why is that? Well, they were whores. <laughs> now, Brian Ferry, not Brian Ferry. What's his name? This looks like the horse. There's like a polo field. And a track. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Does Golden Gate Park have all these? Technically, they do. They do have horses stables. They have like police horses. They have a equestrian mm -hmm. field. They have a polo field. Uh, so you, so people do, you know, whether it's the police on horses or maybe private citizens who have their horses in the public fields mm -hmm. can ride it, but they must have, at so the it's there. it must have at the time had a tourist attraction where, well, in this movie's world, they had a tourist attraction, like in Central Park. Sometimes movies take a city and they go, well, how does New York do it? New York had these carriages in Central Park. So, you know, they have them here. Or they have, like, cabs in every block. So San Francisco has mm -hmm. cabs in every block. But that's not necessarily true, even in the heyday, you know. New York certainly has this. Now, this police ch chief, he's kind of funny. You know him probably from Family Affair. Huh. With Jody. Yeah. I always thought he looked a little like uh, John Wayne, a little. Especially with the gun. She was in Mountain Man. I saw that when I was a kid. Well, there you go. See, I paced them using horse technology. Whoop. Off the wagon. I gotta hate when she's off the wagon. All right, so this is my yeah, this is the right. Young Museum. There, this is on Notice the how there's side. no horse poop? There's no horse poop. Sometimes they always complain about Bullet saying that Bullet ruined a bunch of like staircases in the park when they drove the car down. So they always have to like protect it. But this is San Francisco. This is the park. So I wonder like they afterwards they fixed it. Like they paid money oh. to to fix the the movie damage. See all the unfunny hilarity. People are literally falling from trees. Yeah. Like we have to make it funnier. He was he was up there with his upskirt videos. Uh. <laughs> um, so the the um, prop guy was like, "Here's your poop. Here's your horse poop for the scene, Mrs. Dickinson." And she goes, "I don't want that old poop. Get me some manure, something that's manure." Okay, so this is funny. You can turn on the sound. Okay. Did you turn it off already? No, I had him go, I ate it. That's where he started. Mm, you, 
Okay. Oh, so there is an actual archery field. This is this is for real. They still have it. So that's not far off. There's a lot of little things you can do in the park. They have like bison, live bison, and they have a field. That's a federal building. They have a fly fishing pond where you can practice. Uh huh. There's an archery field. That's kind of. So this is all accurate. There's frisbee golf. There is. There's frisbee golf. I'm right by that course. There is a the world's the city's first children's playground was in Golden Gate Park. Would you please tell me when you get to a minute and two? Uh, okay. All right. Well, right now they're just jumping around horses, you know, as you do. As one does. But count me up to it. Don't just say, okay, now. All right, so it's one minute and 46, 40, 50, 58, 59, minute Are you one, reading the meeting minute? Minute two, minute two. Yeah, he just got smacked in the You said 102? Okay, I'm there. Oh, no, not 102 yet. Ah. Uh, I'm at, okay, at 101.15. He's getting his ass okay, smacked. Okay, tell me when it's 102 in 10 seconds. All right, I will tell you. Now, audience, get ready, okay? Because I'm going to also <laughs> tell you as well. There's a fancy car. All right, there was a story that Jerry Garcia was in a parked car in Golden Gate Park. And mm-hmm. the cop not, uh, knocked on his window, and he rolled it down, and he blew heroin in his face. Oh. As the story goes. Okay, I'm at 101.40. Oh, yeah, this is right by the the ocean. This is by Park yeah. LA. Owls. Call back. Yeah, it's the park where people go. 101 and 54 seconds. 55, 56, 57, 58, 59. 102, 102, 102. And 10 seconds, please. And 10 seconds. Okay. 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Thank you. Thank you. And they do a spill. In the park. This is Ocean Beach. This is right by Kavika's Ocean Beach Deli. Oh, isn't there a show there tonight? Next Sunday. Oh, what a coincidence, though. Right. That means after our Hey, that's not a police boat. It is now. <laughs> By the way, don't you hate it when the police chase you down to the ocean and drive down the staircase and then drive on the sand and go, whoa, I have no control. We're going to go right to the ocean. I. It's just irresponsible with taxpayer money. Yeah, also, like, did the movie th- company clean up the fucking ocean after they threw that car in there? Good point, with all the oil and yeah. uh, transmission fluid. Transmission okay, so the Dragon fluid. Queen ladies get in the way. And On now horse. it's the day of their wedding. Oh, that was so painful, that San Francisco scene. But they, and now we're hearing Bittersweet Symphony by... Do, 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 by Mike Spiegelman. Do, 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 do. Yep. Blah, 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 blah. Two so now Roddy left. McDowell is like, the guests aren't here yet. Why waste the music? Come on, Mrs. Dangers, let's dance. Mrs. Dangers? Yeah. Mrs. Leibowitz. Oh, wait. No, this is the stand-in for Mrs. Dangers, who didn't really get to do anything because Mrs. Dangers held it together. Oh, I see. Throughout the whole film. she gets. This is her part. Blah, 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 blah. 
Two more hours left. I of can Tuesday. change. I can change. That's that's a great video. He's knocking people off the sidewalk. Now here's just a nonsensical dumb joke. The thing is, like, they were like, cut, that was hilarious, great job. You know what I mean? Like, do they really believe it's funny? Well, this is a mansion in San Francisco in 1981. In the actual fucking city, this is going on. It could be Sutro. I don't know. I I mean, there are, like, Russian Hill mansions, you know, and there are mansions. You know, again, I I think in the movie The Game from 1998, Michael Douglas lived in San Francisco in a gated mansion. Uh, something's wrong, Mike. Maybe your mic is low. You can you hear me? Now you to. I hear you great right now. All right. Oh, by the way, that is the uh, tallest payphone in San Francisco. <laughs> highest, uh, yeah. Uh, why would it be on the roof? Hello, uh, suicide hotline. How would you know I was going to call you? Well, you did pick up the payphone on top of a roof. <laughs> Good one. So. Dragon Queen is saying, if you ever want to see your grandfather alive again, you'll come to this theater in the upstairs room. It really is a rooftop payphone. And we saw Transamerica Building. So this theater is going to be showing Charlie Chan movies? Yeah. So this is a world where his movies were all... I don't get it. It's Do you remember in um, in Doctor Strangelove there was that one uh, brigadier general Jack Ripper body fluid? Right. Yeah. Eighty percent of the world. They is offered there. him the Peter Usnoff part. He was going to be Charlie Chan, Sterling, and it would have been good for Sterling it. Sterling Hayden. Right. Eighty percent of the world is the water. I don't hear you. Chop up. What's going on? Oh, I was saying it was Sterling Hayden, wasn't it? Yes, exactly right. And they were going to give him 250 grand, like 50 grand a week. Uh-huh. And he broke his co- con- his contract because he went to Yugoslavia to cover the death of... That's Ocean Beach. I mean, that's Union Square. Yeah, you go. Okay, classic Charlie Chum- Chan films today. So there was theaters in Chinatown, and there were there is one that I went to where they did a live comedy show, and they're just beautiful theaters. Uh huh. The Old timey. Yeah, the yeah, like they actually had like fire escape entrances to it. This might be the theater I'm thinking of. Uh, there was Lady of Shanghai, the Orson Welles, Rita Hayworth movie, where they go to a theater mm-hmm. in Chinatown, and it's the original. But I, I think I might have been to this one because it had like. Uh, entrances to the balcony and from the outside you know there's a fire escape so you can leave oh not and see they're going to like a backstage area but you were saying entrances actually to the theater well like if you're in the balcony and there's a fire you can go through a side entrance to the fire Uh escape and get down safely so they that's what they just walked up yeah oh so they're at the projection booth or some shit like that um so they're playing Charlie Maybe. Chan movies? Is that what we're hearing in the background? Well, it, they're watching a Charlie Chan film right now, the audience. Right. Look how dumb Michelle Pfeiffer's face is. They're like, what? roll them. Why is he dressed in a wedding dress? Did I miss something? Well, it, it's their wedding day when he got the call. Oh, my God. 
It's bad luck to see the bride before your wedding. Yeah, she brings that up. Oh, so we're going to pull back the curtain and see the movies. So these movies, so he lives in real life with us, or he lives in a universe where all the movies were just movies about him? I think he lives in real life with us, and for some reason, I don't, I don't understand why there would be Charlie Chan films if he's a real person. I mean, did the books ever say, like, because some, some books will, like, if there's a movie based on their books, they'll make a joke about it. Like, you know, uh, I heard Clint Eastwood did your movie. Uh, chloroformed. Chloroform. And listen, let me tell you, as a person who uses chloroform, uh-huh. it is not that effective. Usually the victim will struggle. Oh, yeah. They don't pass out like in the movies. Right. It's yeah. not like a blow dart or something, which I've switched to now. It's just, it's more, it's, it's expensive. Right. Well, the worst part about blow darts is filling up each blow dart. You know, like they don't really realize it. They're out. They don't really appreciate the craft of like making sure you got the right ratio inside the metal paint, <laughs> cleaning, sterilizing. That's the worst part is sterilizing it. They don't even appreciate Sterilizing, that, right? yeah. Yeah. You don't want your victim to have an infection. Because you really have to reuse those cartridges because they blow dart cartridges are so expensive nowadays. You know, like it, it's better to reuse it. But you have to make sure it's sterile because otherwise it can get like hepatitis. Not only when they pass out, but they can get hepatitis, and it's just not. That's rude. You also have to make sure the quality of your darts are. I mean, I have this one dart. It, this dart blows. I was like, <laughs> okay. So now Charlie Chan is getting a note from the Dragon Queen saying, "If you want to see your grandson alive." If you want to see him alive, have him stop being a private detective. <laughs> well, there's the killer, the butler, and the maid. Ronnie, Ronnie McDowell's uh, screen time in this movie can't total more than five minutes, right? I mean, no, no, he's all over the film, all over it. Oh, ran over Ow. A foot. that really is painful, though. Can you turn your mic up or something? Because sometimes you chop. Oh. I don't want to miss any of this magic. Yeah, you don't want to miss the magic. I hear you. <laughs> now, this is a horseless carriage. Oh, they're like, burned. step on it. I still wonder where this place is supposed to be. Yeah, right. Good. The, all the internet told me, which I didn't bother to research further, right. was Los Angeles and San Francisco. No. Five weeks of shooting. We wanted to do this movie a long time ago, and it actually got yanked off. And uh, really grateful that uh, Peter Puppet Show or whatever the, who's hosting it. Right, and so we want to thank Thomas Theater for publishing Thomas this Theater. on the Fourth of July with one subscriber. Right, and so far eighty-eight views. So thank you. Eighty-eight. I have eighty-eight. Maybe I'm watching mm-hmm. a different one. Eight of those are me. <laughs> you watched this movie eight times? Holy fuck. Now, they're not butterfly kissing. They're getting free. Yeah. So he's free and he forgets her. Well, maybe he didn't forget her. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Keep her mouth shut. Nah, he loves her, man. Wow, that's some committed acting. I bet her breath is terrible. Oh, yeah. Gaggy. Okay, so this dog uh-huh. is 
ferocious. So there's a candle burning, and the candle will burn down and burn the rope. And when the rope burns out, the rope will burn, and there's a guillotine which will cut the rope. Uh And then the dog will be released to eat them alive. And that was courtesy of Rube Goldberg. Uh, Gold, who was the guy that the Rube, <laughs> Gold, what was it, the Rube Goldberg? Oh, fuck. Yeah, it's definitely a better mouth tra- mousetrap. Yeah. God, well, I know yeah. what you mean, the contraction, Ruth Goldberg or something. Ruth Goldberg, yeah. I, I love his stuff, it's so funny. Oh, we missed a good joke. Oh, well, rewind. <laughs> Union Square, out of my way. You know, Shields and Yarnell, the mime that had a TV show and uh, NBC, right. they used to perform all the time in Union Square. And actually, if you see the conversation of the Francis Ford Coppola movie from 72, they're in the movie. They, they mm-hmm. get credited. So this is like Macy's right over there. When I get out to San Francisco, I may see... Macy's? Macy's. Yeah, you may see Macy's. So Charlie Chan's coming up the stairs and he goes, my doctor say, going upstairs, uh, add years to your life. And then he goes, I feel 10 years older now. And they go, oh, Charlie, you're so funny. Oh, wow. Even though his grandson's <laughs> about to die by a vicious dog. Okay, so they have an idea. Let's uh-huh. turn the sound on. All right. They're calming him down. Happy birthday to you. Now, since it's the dog's birthday, he will blow out the candle. Get it? Oh, my God. Then they ripped that off of Sherlock Holmes. (laughs) Did you see Michelle Pfeiffer in Ant-Man and the Wasp? Yeah, of course I've seen Michelle Pfeiffer. Did you see the plastic surgery? Yeah. Okay, so in the plot, when she's a young woman, she goes into the quantum realm, and she just hangs out there, and poof, she's back. Right. With plastic surgery? She's aged, that's all. That was your biggest concern in that movie, not the fact that a guy could shrink and and go up? They'd go to a block in in Oakland, and they shrink the building down to a suitcase and roll it out. Yeah, right. No one's going to notice. Uh, that wasn't my concern. I'm just saying, when Michelle Pfeiffer goes, poof, I'm back, the first thing you say is, well, did you get some work done? Look, they booby trapped this shit. <laughs> did you get some work done in the nano world? <laughs> oh, my nano. Okay, so. Yeah. Charlie is, is the real hero who's saving right now. And, okay. Like, oh. it's all kind of going to wrap up now. So where's the dragon lady? Where's the dragon lady, Carl? Carl, where's the uh, dragon listen, lady? I don't like spoilers. If the milk is one day past that date, I just I pour. I don't need to sniff it. I just pour oh, it yeah. right down the sink. But your wife says the sell by date has a six day span to it. That's just on the market. That's not real drinking. Correct. It's sell by. Yeah. Okay, here is here Dragon is. Queen to answer your question, and she has she's brandishing a weapon, and it really looks like the same exact prop that she used to kill the. Like years ago, they're going through the yeah. back. Yeah, I think what's the theater called Grand or something like that? It's beautiful. There's Rodney. Now they left Roddy behind. They they drove away without him, so he drove his his 
his wheelchair the whole way. Right. And now he sees the stairs. Like, the fuck am I going to do now? Did they add that scene, or was that in the script? I wouldn't know. Listen, are you worried about copyright? No, no, we can listen to it. We're listening to it now. So they've caught Dragon Woman. Son, your father saved my life. Now, grandson, do humble detectives in love favor. It must run in the family. Very grateful with the bowing. And the, the laugh, open mouth laughing. Generation after generation. So now we think that the um, we think the Dragon Queen is the bizarre killer, of course. But Charlie will show us not the bizarre killer. Oh, it's it really is the, the butler. You're all right. Oh, wait, I don't, don't tell me. Don't swear. Right. Well, here comes the butler. He shows up in the final scene out of nowhere. Who is responsible for this? Dragon Queen. Child dragon. The one who killed her husband. We're gonna take care of her. Book her twelve counts of murder one. That's not my dragon wife. That's not my dragon lady, that's my dragon wife. This movie is dragon on. <laughs> Just dragon lady. The curse of the dragon lady? Queen. So he goes, um he goes, she not kill her, and then he goes, What are you on Mars? Of course you can kill her. Poor Dragon Queen. Not very good curse. Not very good curse. Oh no, the dog realized it wasn't his birthday after all. Yeah. My birthday's on Tuesday. You tricked me. <laughs> so Tuesday. the policeman calmly takes this ferocious dog out. No oh yeah. Problem. Well, that's their fault. That's San Francisco's police problem, not mine. So now Dragon Queen renews the curse. <laughs> Damn it. <a> joke. <laughs> Yeah, one more year. So it's like, if to... she's not the killer, then who is? And he's going to give his whole... Okay, life. here, I got the sound up. Who's the audience? The most interesting pattern which begin to fall. Okay, fast forward. When killer begin to stalk family. It's obligatory, this thing. Well, this is what you want. Like, this is you patiently waiting for the chamber scene. If it's Charlie Chap, uh, Charlie Chan, if it's Agatha Christie, if it's Poirot, you must have this scene. Right. Well, what other movies like they have a scene at the end where they explain it all? I want to say Clue, but that was a spoof on those kinds of movies. Right, and that went on forever. The, the final scene. Now watch this. <laughs> Giving him the hot seat. They give you a hot foot. Yeah, the hot sheet. Oh look, he he stood up. I can walk. Just don't want to. And now I gotta I go to Walmart. Want to. I gotta go to Walmart. Bye. Soles of shoes show scuff and scrape marks. This serious error for man. It's a little tacky to be checking uh, a man in chair shoes. Now they're like, you're the bizarre killer, and he's like, I am not the bizarre killer with this perfect Roddy Dowell indignant. Yeah. Uh huh. It's getting paid by the minute in this movie. He goes, he's not killer. And he moves on. And now we're on Mrs. Danger, and I've got the names right. Okay. Clear example of paranoid schizophrenia. 
Oh, this is one of those parody of these these uh, mysteries where they drag out the uh, the final scene. Yeah, who's the killer? It's got to be the butler. He can walk, but he's not. Well, it's got to be the maid. Right. No, but she isn't. Right. Well, let's join. Let's maid. join them. Why don't you just keep calm, Mrs. Lipovic? Now we go one to the next person. Romain. I beg your pardon, sir. Are you accusing me of a crime? The chauffeur did it. Someone so obviously educated at Oxford University should be content with job of chauffeur. Is it not beneath the dignity of Prince of Mozambique tribe? So he's like, why are you a chauffeur if you're so well educated? You obviously are. And I know that you are a prince of something African. And he reveals it. So it's like. If you have one scar, it means something. If you have two, you're a warrior. If you have three, you're a prince. So it's obvious. Then they're like, how do you know so much about that? He goes, I subscribe to National Geographic. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's, so, har- it's bad. The one black man in this movie is a killer. My dear sir, how do you know so much about Muslims? Subscribe to National Geographic. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's bad. You know National Geographic apologized for their past content? Listen, no, Mike, you're always... Le- no, he's not the killer. As a matter of fact, the only African-American the in this thing is a prince. Because when Dragon oh. Kidnap and tie up- oh, so Let's he- be mad at the Chinese racism. Okay, well, wait a minute. So the, the chauffeur is not the killer. He's Correct. The- okay. Oh, well, I was about to leave the movie theater, but I had to sit down in my seat again. <laughs> Damn it, just get to the killer already. I've uh, parked at a meter. So now he's going through the knot, right? Yeah. It's a very, you know, they're talking about you were, you got wet at the elevator by the waiter on purpose to disguise the fact you were already wet. Oh, my God. (laughs) Makes no sense. They all did this for for Charlie Chan's uh, attention. Listen, let's listen. You're not going to get sued. No marks of strangulation on neck. Why? Crimes move nearer and nearer to home. Why? Remember, she got strangulated. Uh, They were trying to strangle her with a knot, and there's no strangle marks. Shanghai, where actual murder take place. Why? And it's the coincidence you were talking about. Right where Chan is, the murder happened. Right. They're all calling, crying out for attention for Chan. I hope he yeah. talks to me at the next murder convention. It's my Chan. Okay, so finally, the young detective. Uh, we can't hear it. Yeah, well, we can hear it. It's, it's loud as it can be. It, 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 he sees that the mom has the same knot. And Charlie Chan is like, finally, you observe something. Wow. So that means the then the sequel will be about Richard Hatch. They just killed the number one son. I bet the number one son was in the film festival. Number one son dies in a car crash and that's why grandson is orphan. But not in the movies that they were showing at the Charlie Chan Film Festival, I bet you No, one. not in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> so in a way he's still alive this one was to be la- later to be released and okay so now she's admitting it she did it 
Listen, I'm tired of you going through everybody in the room. I did it, okay? She was embarrassed that the Dragon Queen affair with Bernie was exposed, and everyone thought she was a bad lay. And I wasn't. Oh, yeah. I hate that. That's a good reason for murder. Is is that what she's saying right now? She's saying, I'm a good fuck. The newspapers. Yeah. Look, my review in the ledger says I'm a good fuck. Right. Look. Look. Pineapple King. People pointed at me in the streets. I said, Nobody asked me to nice get pineapples. Nobody yeah, nice pineapples. pineapple. I'm going to kiss your pineapple, but why? Society matron to this little widow involved Here it is. in squalid. It drove me on a loop. But even here, in San Francisco, everybody knew. No matter where I went, I Mag, Saxon Avenue, Elizabeth Ark. I could hear them whispering. She must have been a lousy leg. <gasps> and that drove you to murder. And I wasn't. <laughs> she smiles at that. And I wasn't. She's like, oh, I'm proud of you. I don't know. I read your Yelp reviews. <laughs> Three stars. <laughs> Yeah, I never saw a Yelp review, which was like a help review. Listen, go over to the pimp district and ask any pimp. You can't miss them. They're all in white suits. And, you know, they'll tell you, I'm a good lay. But then they'll tell you they have a special offer on someone else. And next Chinese thing you Americans know... Americans totally protested this film while it was being shot in San Francisco, while it was in the yeah. theaters in San Francisco. Yeah. God bless, because it's fucking 1980. Enough of yeah. this fucking shit. 1981. Right. We, in the 20s or something, it was exotic Chinese. We didn't understand anything about them, not that I was there. But in the 80s, we one. knew everything. It was a global, yeah. Well, to be fair, 80s movies were fucking anti-Asian all the way. I mean, from 16 Candles to Gung Ho to a lot of films just always had these stereotypes going. But to dredge yeah. this one up, and, you know, uh, Vincent Canby in the New York Times, if you could find the link, uh, gave it a good review. So it was like a lighthearted romp or what have you. Right. And you're right that National Lampoon apologized for their earlier content because it was always... Okay, she's uh, making Geographic. her getaway now. National Geographic. What? National, what did I say? N- you said National Lampoon. Oh, National Geographic made apologies yeah. for what? For like showing topless ladies, or yeah, and the way they reported it, and the way they described it, and, and uh huh, saying that it expressed a lot of racism of its time, and that it wasn't really okay. scientifically you. accurate. You know that it was kind of staged and stuff. Now they're after her, and everyone goes down the chute. Yeah, and so, so will our butler. So here's the thing. Are they in the San Francisco Playland by the Beach? Or this is like Chinatown has a secret slide? Oh, it's the theater. Okay, so there we go. Here they are in the theater itself. And I think, I'm not, I don't know the answer, but I think. So she goes out and she starts interacting with Charlie Chan on the movie theater. And if you look, it's Peter Ustinov. This isn't not an original? Old... Huh. That is weird, Carl. What a weird movie. Yeah. Only cops and uh, Death Butler. 
So he played himself. He solved these mysteries in real life that he went to the movie theater and he acted and wrote and directed. Well, and I went acted. to the movie, yeah, Hollywood or something. Now she interacts Let with him. Let me be, Charlie, but you'll never get me. I'll have my revenge. I swear it. Lady, shut up. I paid $3 to see this movie. Well, no, they, they think she's really good. And she's like, oh, you like me. Oh, yeah, the delusional, really like, like you like me, I'm ready for my close-up. I'm still not convinced she did it. No? Not at all. There are some things in your explanation, um, By the way, all that stuff about turn up the sound, it's okay. It's, it's pa- we're past the obligatory scene in which you okay. revealed who. Oh, there he is live. Oh, it's Charlie Oh, Cairn. hey, the actor or the real-life person? <laughs> You're right that it doesn't make sense, even in the own, it's movie universe. Yeah. Oh, here we go. More jokes. Wheelchair. You can walk, dude. Yeah, he's still doing the wacky wheelchair antics, even though he can walk. All right, big fight out in the movie theater. Nothing like a movie ending in a movie theater. Right. How could Grandma have killed all those Grandma, people? brilliant woman. Thank you. However, a thin line separates brilliance from insanity. She, oh unfortunately... Took several steps across it. About <laughs> <laughs> now he's just being mean. That was the first funny joke of this whole. You know why? Because it's fucking Charlie Chan has been drinking glass throughout the whole movie. <laughs> now he's like a mean drunk, like cutting fucking. He's all the way there now. Yeah, he's like you're a fucking old bat, crazy one. Thank you. Yeah, point the gun elsewhere. <laughs> well, back Look, then he's you still got his a... gag on the dumb. Captain Apollo. Oh, hey, they're throwing rice out there. In the oh, my theater. God, that's so racist. Just because it's Chinese, they want to throw, throw rice. rice. Yeah, Give right. me a break. Now we get to watch the birds eat it. <laughs> it's that's nuts. what the crazy ladies do. Mrs. Danger's doing. Yeah, so the birds come and they eat it. Because they, they stop doing it because when birds eat it, they blow up, which is makes all the other reason to do it. Oh, this is like... I have number one present. Oh, this is a honeymoon. Like, I got advice on the, on your honeymoon. Don't ask for sixty nine. It's the missing cat. How did you find him? Not easy. I had he it solved in the box. that mystery too. Five five three. He's like, I'm like, coming with you. I'm so dedicated and loyal to you. I'm coming with you. <laughs> She's dressed. So the, the, she did a good job. I mean, the sur- the film doesn't serve her well, but right. her acting, she was a nice, crazy lady. And, and she was a good sport. She played in jokes that weren't funny, like she was dancing and drops the stuff, you know. I she st- did her part. Yeah, no, she did fine. And she, you know, they're carting her off. But what I don't get is that, like, did Charlie Chan find the cat, put it in a box, and then wait till the honeymoon wedding day to hand a box? <laughs> Yeah, the reveal. Yeah, there was a cat in a fucking box. <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer is funny, yeah. man. She was, she was in Into the Night as well, of course. Yes, she was in... Well, we all know her repertoire. I haven't even brought it up. Her yeah. and Roddy Dow. Right. I mean, Married Roddy to Dow. the Mob and Grease 2, and we know her. Yeah. Well, of course... But I had to bring up her plastic surgery and you had to say oh that's not nice yeah, <laughs> defender not. okay so it's an end theme song 
Thank you for watching this and no <laughs> refunds, no refunds. You can't get a refund for Charlie. Right, movie, every third credit is no, no refunds. The movie's called Charlie Chan and the Curse of the Dragon Queen. What were you expecting? No refunds. No refunds. You could have not gone. You could have protested outside, but you didn't. No refunds. No refunds. This is a quality movie because the butler didn't do it. No it's, refunds. It's a quality movie. We're playing classical music at the end. Whimsical music. No refunds. It's an uh, Yeah. It's um, royalty free, right? Right. Yeah, that's right. This is an orchestra from Russia we don't ever heard of, but it doesn't even matter. And also no refunds. <laughs> it's Charlie Chan. What were you offended by? You knew it walking in. There was a lot you of You nailed it, man. When they did Basic Instinct, they shot it in San Francisco and people protested it. Well, oh. and uh, during the shoot, and also like I, one of my favorite pictures was uh, Oakland Tribune had a photo of the protesters outside of Song in the South, which played in Oakland, and people were protesting it. And it was it, those are great photos. I mean, it looked like I really want to see this movie, Charlie Chan and the Curse of the Dragon Queen, but there's a protest. I'm gonna have to walk around them. I understand that protest and the protest of Sons of the South, but why protest Basic Instinct? Well, because they they felt that character, uh, uh, Sharon yeah. Stone's bisexual character, that it was just, of course, that, that character is the killer. They're always the killer. And they didn't like the, the treatment, the fact that the killer always has to be gay, you know. Okay. She was very much a bisexual. Well, bisexual killer. That that's always a stereotype. There's a stereotype that the gay is the killer. I don't. Who, can you do you have the example? Uh, if you come back to my hotel room, I can show you examples. Oh, you kill me, Mike. Yeah. All right. So anyway, uh, that's been Charlie Chad and the Curse of the Dragon Queen <laughs> from 1981, the last theatrically released Charlie Chan movie, and as Carl mentioned first one in like 20 years before yeah, yeah. 30 something years yeah 30 something years gosh that is a great thing so Carl what'd you think of the movie well I thought it was a long way for a bad punchline man <laughs> yeah I did not enjoy that film now for your show it was good there was lots to talk about lots to criticize and we just have to highlight the awful racism which is less than ever today did you see Crazy Asians movie? I did see Crazy Asians movie. Do you think that has some stereo... What, should, what is your opinion of the state of Asian stereotypes? It's good? It's not... Oh, I thought that was a great better movie. better today. You know, the, the one issue I had about that movie is that when they were on the guy's uh, boat and you could see in the background, like, this woman in a bikini, like, shooting herself with a bazooka and, and she flies off and hits the ground, like, joke... Oh. Jokes where like sexy girls get like injured, uh, they, they always take a pass on. But other than that, I thought that was a great movie. I, I mean, there's a, I haven't seen the the Ellie Wong Netflix movie, but that looks pretty good too. I mean, uh, just keep making movies. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Do you think I should see Asian Crazy Asian? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great movie. Okay. All yeah. right. So I am uh, getting the movie trailer for next week's movie. Perfect. And uh, i wait for the end credits. And... A movie trailer comes out before the movie. It doesn't trail anything. But it's connected to the movie like a trailer. Mm-hmm. 
So this movie premiered in San Francisco uh, at the Castro Movie House. It is, the director was there. It's from like 2007. It's based on a video game. And it okay. is directed by Yui Ball, who directed a bunch of terrible movies. And this is probably the worst of them all. It's called Postal. It's a post-9-11 uh, Anything Goes parody comedy based on a Anything Go video game. Postal, what year, 2007? Yeah. Okay. Today we do God's work. We will strike a blow against America. I'm going to go watch Oprah. We must wipe out the entire planet. You guys have issues, man. That's been, uh... Necessary to bring the bad guys to justice. I have to destroy a postal truck filled with lethal microbes before a doomsday cult or a terrorist group destroys the entire world. Yeah, Interesting. What are we watching here? Postal. Mini-me. Yeah, Mini-me. Vern Troyer, that's the name I was trying to say. These guys are the, uh, the 9-11 terrorists. Oh, are they? Yeah. Okay. okay, so this is pre-9-11 or post? Post, very post. Okay, okay. Would you get so many monkeys? No, I got nothing to do with this. Don't go mad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this looks okay. Should I send a couple cruise missiles down there? I just wish I knew how to quit you. Postal. Hey, everybody should buy my book, How to Fire an Employee Without Making Him Go Postal. All right, well, gosh, that's it. That's a movie called yeah. Postal, directed by Yui Ball, who did uh, House of the Dead and Alone in the Dark, and uh, a lot of known for making a lot of bad movies, uh, movie-wise. And this one is probably his apex, I guess. And it's available. <laughs> it's on YouTube. It got posted, so it counts. Carl, great to have you. Uh, uh, we're our feed is Thank back, you. baby. It should be working fine, yeah. and uh, we should see us. We are missing one episode, Twisted Obsession. And we re-aired it, but the segment I recorded didn't include the uh, uh, original broadcast. So we will re-air that in August. Uh, right. So August. Don't, three, what, two, what, three? No, what? no, no. It's second, the second Sunday of August, I believe. Okay. So we will be re-airing that one. And so let everyone know our feed is back and uh, just keep subscribing. We love all you guys. We're here at muniradio.fm. A lot of great shows. Check out the website. Donate. Hit the PayPal uh, write to us on Twitter. We love to hear from you and join our Facebook group. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube. Carl, thank you so much. What a great night. Thank you. Thanks. Thank Talk you. to you later. All right. Bye, bye guys.
Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> My friends out at Mutiny Radio. Chester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Moofy's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Bamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission, where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off for, <laughs> it's in duty this. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer cottage in the mountain ridge for the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcasts and look for comedy clubhouse with a k you can download it for free but we'd love to see you every friday 8 to 10 down here at mutiny radio laugh off your tushy save your life because you know what's better than laughter well it's a cash cock baby So, so if you're in your car and you're listening to one radio station, you need radio you're station. You're hearing all, all the others. They are they are tweeting in on all frequencies, and you keep them. So just listen to to one specific fix. Saturday, Saturday to two. And you leave the sound quality quality good, and you understand understanding that's plain plain. However, however, if your radio video is not fine too, too, you might need two or two or three or more stage stations at the same time. time.
Hey, mutant nearest Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find Counter Offer, offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini. And creamy-licious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They got them. And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads going to come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Blender's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! Welcome, Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5, Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, Punk Rock and Schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter-offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Bender's is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Bender's Bar and Grill. This is called 
social matters with Mutiny Radio. Big up to the number one station, the ruling nation. Give it to me every time. Ah! Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be like in front of an audience, like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! And welcoming open mic, where comedians can get substantial mic time for the mere price of a spot of tea and crumpets. Comedians who remain after their initial sets are invited to perform feats of improvisation and ingenuity in the famous lightning round games, which are guaranteed to delight and entertain. Ah, thinking of these bright young comedians with so much potential and so many drug problems makes me as giddy as a schoolgirl. I haven't had so much fun and giggles since my non-trinary youth at Bumble's Warding School in East Brackenshire, where I danced with Hugh Grant, helped Jason Statham steal an antique shotgun, and took nude photos of Prince Harry, who I must mention was not named appropriately. Sign up in person for your own comedic adventures at 7.30pm, or pre-sign with the host by sending a direct message via social media. If you can't make it out to that den of iniquity known as MutinyRadio.fm, listen in live from home, or download the podcast on Apple iTunes under Friends of Mutiny. A smashing time will be had by all. Until next Saturday night at 8 p.m. Cheerio, darling. The mission, Bender's Bar and Grill. Hi, welcome to My Limited View. I am your host, Sergio Novoa. And I'm your co-host, Vanessa Wilkins. Join us every Tuesday from 12 to 2 at mutinyradio.fm as we share stories, our personal stories. And struggles and challenges. And we'll also have guests come in and share their stories. And hopefully through all this, we can expand our view. Or your view. Yes, and there'll be plenty of dick jokes, so don't worry. It's not always going to be heavy. Yeah, I might even share black hair tips. Black hair tips, don't. <laughs> know anything about it sorry <laughs> all on my limited view yes every tuesday from 12 to 2 uh oh you can if you can also find us on apple Podcasts. oh yeah and google play and stitcher itunes oh you already said T- that tune in radio uh stitcher you said that spotify oh my god there's just so many and overcast um yes you can also find us on social media m as in mary l as in larry p as in peter podcast mov podcast is our handle Until next time, I hope you're enjoying your view. Yes. Bye. Bye. That kind of sucked balls. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. 
And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for me five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Four Mutiny Radio listener, it's that time of year again. March 1st through 5th, it's time for the 4th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Over 40 comics, 25 shows, 5 days, all here at Mutiny Radio, 2781 21st Street at Florida Street. 25 shows, 5 days, amazing comics from all over the United States here in San Francisco to entertain you with 25 differently themed shows hosted by local San Francisco comedians bringing you comedians from all over the United States here. Everything will be live, live streaming and podcast post. Get your tickets, $10 a show, 25 shows, a million laughs. It's the fourth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival brought to you by Benders, Counter Offer and Subliminal SF. How can you say that? I knew you wouldn't understand. For you, it's all about the rating. Let's go pillage, you say. 
but we never spent any time working on building our clan. Oh, come on. We need to build a good amount of gold before we can think about putting a down payment on that clan hall. That's all. No, no, no. Apply now for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2019. Applications open until November 30th for 25 show 